want you to look this morning, our scripture. And uh, Pastor Dan, uh, when he opened the service for us here in the sanctuary, uh, read part of this from the book of Mark. I'm going to read the uh, Palm Sunday passage from Matthew and uh, talk about what happened here on this great triumphal entry. Amen. Uh, if you if you know your stories, your Bible stories, you'll find that he not only entered in, you know, with the on the donkey and with the people praising and saying Hosanna, throwing down the palm leaves for him to to come in on, but he also defied the the temple system on the same day. So we like to we usually read right to that, and then it's so controversial we stop and don't want to ruffle any feathers. But I think that we should ruffle some feathers. Amen. How do you get rid of lice if you don't ruffle the feathers? You know. So uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, somebody said, uh, you know, don't overturn the apple cart. Well, Jesus certainly did. And uh, I don't know why we have such a pressure on us today uh, to be so politically correct all the time and be very, very careful what we say. And certainly we don't want to say anything that's just a gratuitous slap at somebody or whatever or try to be rude and crude. But on the other hand, uh, the Word of God is the Word of God. Amen? And if so, if the reading of the Word, even just the reading of the Word, offends you in some way, then so be it. Be offended. Bless your heart. That's <laughs> all I can say. Amen? We can't uh, change the Bible to fit the culture. Uh, we need to be changing the culture to fit the Bible. And uh, so make no mistake, I'm not on the side of skipping scriptures and whatever because it you know might upset someone. But uh, <clears throat> Jesus... This, this is an interesting uh, uh, time, this Palm Sunday, uh, it, chronolo- chronologically, where it fits here in, in the story of Jesus. Because while, while it's, it's beautiful, we have these beautiful Palm Sunday celebrations and so forth, it's also the beginning of destruction. It's... <laughs> It's the beginning, it's the announcement, a a really public announcement that Jesus has said, I have come to replace this old system that no longer is working. It is not setting people free. And the book of Hebrews says that it did, that it, that, uh, there would be no need for the New Testament if the old had not been found fault with. There was a fault in the Old Testament. And that was that it had the power to show us our sin, but not the power to deliver us from it. Amen. You need a Savior. And and you need blood of something besides bulls and goats. So I don't know, again, what to make of all these people so excited about the, the temple being rebuilt. So far, it's not been rebuilt. we got to do something about the Arabs sitting up there. Uh, I don't think that's gonna, they're gonna just go peacefully in the night. So, uh, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? While they're wishing something, you know, to happen for that, uh, and, and there's a, there's an interesting building sitting on that site called a mosque. Uh, and, uh, it's huge. 
and it's revered and carefully guarded. So while you're wishing for the temple to be rebuilt, remember it's going to require a major bloody war for that to happen. And so I don't know. Nobody wants to talk about that part of it. They just want to dance around and play a tambourine and, you know, skippy, yippy Lou here about it. Uh, but, uh, somebody might say, well, isn't that wonderful that the temple's being rebuilt? And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't, I, you know, it's, it's, it's going to happen, but it's not to the Jewish people's advantage for it to happen. It's the beginning of the deception by the Antichrist. They won't tell you that on the Israel tour either, but that's the truth. And, uh, if you, so if you know anything about Bible end time prophecy, that is there. Amen. And, uh, as far as God's concerned, uh, the word says that he never took pleasure in, uh, uh, those, those sacrifices and burnt offerings. Never. Well, if he never did, and he replaced it with the blood of the lamb, amen, Jesus Christ, why would he suddenly start reaccepting that? So I don't know. You know, they don't invite me to the conferences much anymore because I have this position. But um, the word's the word. I don't know. I guess you could just throw out the New Testament. But it, it's what we have to live by. Amen? So if you'll look at, uh, I'll get off of that hot hobby horse because it gets me in trouble. Uh, Matthew 21 and uh, look at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Anybody got the victory in here today? Or? When they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, there were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives. Uh, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Praise the Lord. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, uh, not meek, I'm sorry, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a cult of the fall of an ass. And when the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, they brought the ass and the cult and put them, uh, their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of God. Praise God. We're going to see what that means. All right? Now, a lot of people have no idea what that means. They just think it's another expression of praise, like hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God, Hosanna. Or they sing the Hosanna song. But we're going to see that it is a specific uh, meaning. There is a specific meaning to this message, amen, to this word. So, And it's a word that we need to be saying more than we do. 
because of what it means. We say it once a year on Palm Sunday, but we should say it more than that. Amen? And it's interesting that these Jews here uh, knew who Jesus was, and they knew uh, what he was bringing, and really anybody could have known that if they would have studied uh, the Old Covenant. Because, remember, Jesus said some of the Pharisees and folks showed up one time and they said, you know, we don't know what you're saying here, but we are Israel. We are the real Israel because of Moses and Abraham and so forth. And Jesus said to them, you're not real Israel because if you were, you would believe in me. And, and they said, well, we believe in Moses. And he said, well, you don't, you don't, you're not even a good follower of Moses because Moses spoke of me. Now, apparently, there's a multitude of Jews who knew that. Somehow they could recognize the messianic call on Jesus. Isn't that interesting? There's a doctrine being taught that they can't recognize him because of the, uh, the veil. But if you read the scripture right, it will tell you there <laughs> that they actually, uh, the, that the veil comes when the gospel's preached. I mean, the veil is removed when the gospel is preached. Amen. And so if we're afraid of the veil and we don't want to offend for the veil, then you, and you don't present Jesus and you don't present the gospel, then, then you really are dooming a group of people to stay in the veil. To stay in darkness. I think that's mean and cruel and inhumane when you have the good news. Amen? Did you know this? Boy, I'm going to get bold today. Help me. I'm going to preach and then leave and go to Africa. Before the emails can start pouring in, rebuking me in the name of whoever. I don't know. I can't say Jesus too much in front of some folks. They get offended, so I don't know who they're going to rebuke me in the name of. (laughs) Uh, I won't say that. That's too mean. But uh, praise God, you know, uh, I, I will say it. There are ministries that have been productive in Israel since it was formed as a nation with evangelistic work. Did you know that? That there are Arabs, Jews, Palestinians, all kind of people uh, that have come to Christ because of evangelistic efforts. Amen. And so uh might be a good idea for us to support some of them. Just saying. All right. That's enough. Get off of it, David. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh. In the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Well, that's still a little vague to us. It just sounds like another praise of Jesus. Uh, but there's a certain thing here that they're saying that is really upsetting to the powers that be in the place that they're at because he's coming in to the Temple Mount. When he was come unto Jerusalem, all the city was moved. Wow. All the city was moved. That's saying a lot, isn't it? And they were saying, who is this? That's important. This is not a traditional Palm Sunday meeting where we have a poem and a whatever. All right? I'm going to tell you what this really means. 
Um, the reason they're saying who is this is because of the meaning of the word Hosanna. Now, I think when I tell you that, you're going to see why there's a problem. And so he goes ahead and does the most seeker-sensitive thing you've ever seen, goes right into the courtyard, the outer courtyard of the temple, and starts turning over their tables. That's uh, beautiful, isn't it? Isn't that just so, you know, respectful and understanding of others' culture? So if you understand the definition of Hosanna, you can see why he eventually got crucified in this holy week. Because he finally, instead of just speaking to a uh, a multitude of followers, but now we've got all of Jerusalem, if you believe the Bible, it says the whole city, asking who is this that the people are saying this dreadful thing to? It was really what they were shouting and what he represented on that donkey coming in that really upset them. And so if they would have just been saying, yay, yay, he's our guy, you know, or whatever, it might have not been so bad. But it's it's this particular word of praise that is about Palm Sunday, it's the whole heart of it, is this. The definition of Hosanna is save, please. Another, uh, that's the most simple definition. Another one, this is from the original Hebrew. The other one is, please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Now, this is uh, really uh, predicted or prophesied in Psalm 118. Look at Psalm 118.25. If you don't believe that prosperity is part of the the redemption process there, uh, I think this will help help you to see it. Psalm 118.25, again, they are uh, talking about him. Come, this is a prophecy psalm, a prophetic psalm, predicting the future, talking about this very moment that Jesus is coming in. Uh, triumphal entry, it's called. Now look at this, verse 23, uh, 5, 25. Save now, save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Now, there's a popular scripture right before that 24 that people like to say and sing, and they don't even really know what they're saying. It just sounds like a nice thing to say, a Christian greeting. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What day are they talking about? The day of salvation, not not Sunday, sunny Sunday and holiday. Now, it's okay to talk about sunny Sunday and holiday with this is the day the Lord has made. But I've heard so many charismatics and Pentecostal and Christian people just throw that scripture out like, yes, this is the day, like today, like Tuesday. The Lord has made this day Tuesday, and we will rejoice 
Well, that's sweet and everything, but that's not really what that scripture is talking about is today that's sunny. It's talking about the day of the, this is the day of the Lord that he is making his messianic call uh, known to everyone. Hallelujah. He is the Messiah. This art, this thing about, well, we and the Jews agree. We just don't agree on if he's already come yet. Come on! Read the Bible. Get your head out of the sand. Wow. Help me, Jesus. Because that's ridiculous. He, he's either come or he, people say, well, we believe that he was a good man. Well, would you call a liar a good man? In other words, he said he was the son of God. He said he was the Savior. He said he was the Chosen One. And if he said that, and it's not him, he's a liar or crazy. So you can't have it both ways. You can't politically correct, tiptoe around and go, well, we all agree he was a good man. Well, he was either who he said he was, or he was a nut. You understand? So, there, I told you I was going to get bold. I'm using this Palm Sunday as an occasion. To get bold. Because it's important that we get this. This dilly-dallying around and dabbling around. Folks that should know better, almost messing with the divine call on Jesus' life, it's awfully close to heresy. It's close to a cult. Praise the Lord. Preach, Pastor. Because if you start messing with the deity of Christ, and uh, uh, just calling him a, a, a prophet like any other prophet or whatever. And you're in trouble. He was not, he was a prophet, but not just a prophet. Amen. He was and is the son of the living God, the chosen one, the only lamb spotless enough to pay with his own blood the, the redemption for the world. I will always preach that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Now, if I get voted off the farm for that, then vote away. But we don't have a vote, in case you're wondering. But, you know what I'm saying. What is it? Voted off the island, yes. From some TV show. Voted off the island. But... um so uh, another another definition of hosanna is even more is even stronger and he and flies in the face of what he was dealing with there and that is the only one what i just preached the only one that has the power to save us to the only one that has the power to save us save us for you're the only one that can save us. That meaning cut very clear in the Hebrew, and it wasn't modern day Hebrew. I was in one meeting and a person got up and said, we all need to learn Hebrew because that's what we're going to be speaking in heaven. And if we don't know what it is, we have to sit in classes. Yes. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, which Hebrew are we talking about? Ancient Hebrew? Jesus didn't even speak in Hebrew as a daily language. He spoke in Aramaic. So we got to learn that too. Which Aramaic are we learning? Ancient Aramaic or modern? Come on! 
Praise God. We have got to quit wasting time with this nonsense and, and, and preach the gospel. The world's going to hell in a handbasket, if you haven't noticed. And we, we are, we're over here arguing about which language we should be learning so that we can communicate in heaven. Come on, people. That's crazy. And so, uh, we, we need to, we need to just, uh, believe what this is saying here. There's, these are Jews in Jerusalem chanting, you, Jesus on the donkey, are the only one that can save us. Save us. What are, saved from what? That temple system that was persecuting them. And if that's not bad enough, they've got the Roman Empire folk. Um, occupying. So in one way, if the, if the temple, you know, if you're in trouble, it's not only the temple police after you, the temple Gestapo, it's also the Roman Gestapo is after you. Everybody's after you. And they're sitting here needing salvation. And, uh, just in my studies, they were, they were also implying not only save us, we think save us, save from sin. But it's not only save us from sin, save us from this, uh, what, what Paul cried out in Romans 7, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of flesh? He said that concerning, uh, 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 following the law, he was blameless. Concerning the law, he was a, he was an attorney of the law. He, amen, a master of the law. This gets me going. And he said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He said, I thank my God, Jesus Christ. That's the meaning of Hosanna. Paul's reiterating that, reiterating that. Praise God. He's saying, I'm stirred up over this. He's saying, the only one that can save us. And so they're saying, they're, they're also wanting to be saved from the destruction and the persecution that's coming that they read in Isaiah and Ezekiel. And they're saying, save us from what's coming. Bring us success. Bring us prosperity. Bring, bring us, uh, authority. It's a big word, Hosanna. We need to be shouting it now. Hosanna. Try it on. See how it feels. Hosanna. You might want to wear those home. When I was a boy, I'd go to get new shoes. I love shoes so much. I'd get new shoes and I'd ask, can I wear them home? My mama would say, no, they're for church. You'll scuff them. Well, then I wanted to, I'd get them, I'd get home, I'd put them on and I want to sleep in them. Because I was so excited about my new shoes. And try them on. I say, try them on and wear them home if you want. Amen. Put your old shoes in the box. Glory to God. Hosanna. So when we shout, when we're worshiping and we're praising the Lord and we say the word Hosanna, we're saying a lot. We're saying, and now, because 
It's post-salvation. In other words, we're, we're, we're living in the day of grace and we are saved. We're not sinners saved by grace. That's like saying if you're married, I'm a bachelor who's married. No, you're not. You're not any longer a bachelor. You used to be. Now you're a married man. Act like it. Praise the Lord. But, uh, <laughs> but to say I'm a sinner saved by grace is to say, well, you, it didn't work. If you're still a sinner after salvation, you got a problem. I'm no longer a sinner. I don't identify with sin. I'm a saved man. Praise God. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Hallelujah. And so when we say Hosanna, we can say it in the sense of praise and praising the Lord. To, to, to lift up our voice and to say, Lord, you are my Savior. You are the one bringing me success. You are bringing me prosperity. You're bringing me health. You're bringing me blessing. You're bringing me favor. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest, the, the highest praise. I, one of the highest praise words, I believe, is this word, Hosanna. Amen? And so... It's the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. They, cause you remember the, the, they said the whole city asked, who is this? Who's he think he is? Is basically the tone of it. And they said, oh, well, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Oh, is it? Now, now, there's a problem. And if the problem wasn't just from that, Jesus goes ahead and seals the deal. By going right into the middle of the temple outer court. And it says, and Jesus, so and is a conjunctive word, right? That, that joins one to the other. Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Now, uh, some people get religious about this and say, see, that proves you shouldn't be handling money in the church. That is the most ignorant, ridiculous thing uh, because you got to understand why the money changers were there. It wasn't because they had a bookstore. It wasn't because, and I've heard people, oh, you shouldn't even have a bookstore or you shouldn't have, you know, tickets sold to an event or, or money for food or whatever or, you know, something. No, come on. Grow, unless we, we need to collectively grow a brain, at least one cell. Uh, the reason, you want to know the reason the money changers were there? They were there, rightfully there, in the beginning because, um, folks that came with their tithe, with their korban, their sacrificial gift to be received by the temple for the animal sacrifice because this is what you had to have for um you know to, to for redemption amen not really redemption but atonement it's atonement and so if you're traveling from far far away to Jerusalem on your donkey <laughs> or you're walking you don't want to have to drag your 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 uh, animal sacrifice with you all the way. So what they did, they had a market in every town, and so you would bring your animal 
sell it for a certain price. It was the market price, just like you pay a certain price right now for food or gas or whatever. It was the average price, and they would get this gold or silver coins or bronze or whatever. And uh, they'd put that in a little bag, and they'd say, This money is holy unto the Lord, because it's korban. It's sacrifice money. You understand? You've sold your sacrifice animal at the market. You bring the, the bag of coins with you. You come back to the temple at Jerusalem because that's the only place the sacrifice could take place. By the high priest. So they bring the korban, this, this money, to the temple and they're supposed to be able to buy a similar animal of similar quality back for the same money. These guys were gouging them. They were jacking up the price at the temple where it's critical, where you have to have your animal. And so you you see the problem. So they were pushing people away from the temple that would rather want to come. They want to worship. That's why Jesus said, you... My father's house is supposed to be called a house of prayer for all nations, for everybody. And you're making it a den of thieves. You've turned it into a racket. That's why. Not because they were selling books in the bookstore. So get off your high horse if that's your deal. Amen? That's not. That has nothing to do with this scripture. Nothing. But they were gouging people on the price of the sacrificed animal. So, (laughs) uh, Jesus was overturning the tables and stopping this practice. And this is when that he got really in trouble with the Sanhedrin and all that. Eventually they put out a warrant for his arrest. You remember that? And uh, he he, uh, presented himself to the officers. And of course, Peter cut the ear off of one of the soldiers and anyway he got rebuked called satan at that point jesus was so seeker sensitive he called his right hand man the devil <laughs> just saying all right i want you to see this too though that i believe that not only was jesus saying this corrupt system has uh, is stopping here as far as the money changer operation. <laughs> it's like going to the bookie in New York or something, you know, for, you know. He turns over the tables, I believe, to make the announcement that this whole system is ending. And he prophesied what happened in 70 A.D., with the destruction of the temple. He said, you're going to come out here, and this temple's going to be destroyed, and there's not going to be one stone left upon the other. That was true. The only thing that's left out there is the foundation. You know, when they go to the the Wailing Wall, that's not really like an interior wall or whatever of the temple. It's the foundation. It was up on the mount where that beautiful gold dome mosque is now. That's where it was, up there. At any rate, praise the Lord, Jesus 
was finally ready to obey God and go through what we uh, commemorate as Good Friday and then finally uh, the resurrection from the dead. Amen? But this day, this Palm Sunday that we celebrate, this, this, this Hosanna triumphal entry day is the beginning of the end for Jesus' ministry on earth as far as him physically being here. And so it's, it's, it's what we call the beginning of Holy Week. It's the beginning of the time that we begin to really focus on what Jesus did for us. But how amazing that how this relates to us today in a, in an age where you're considered, it's considered hate speech with some people to say Jesus is the only way to salvation. And yet he made that abundantly clear himself personally plowing through this on the Palm Sunday. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, what does that mean for you and for me? Well, these appeals and these prayers for come and save us uh, are still in our heart, and we still pray that. Amen? Jesus is the answer. He's the Savior. He's the healer. He's our deliverer. He's our provider. He's our all in all. He's our connector, I believe. The agent is the Holy Spirit working on his behalf. The Holy Spirit's not just doing his own thing. And he's not just floating around, wispy through the air, you know, seeing who he can land on. No, (laughs) the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, and he is uh, doing the work of Christ in the world today. He lives in our hearts, amen, and um, puts us over in every way. So, praise God. Why don't we just lift our hands a minute and say that, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, amen. And so we're saying, Jesus, you're our Savior. Let's thank him for being our Savior today, for being our healer, for being our provider in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to pray now, especially for those uh, you join in here, but those in the, watching online, we want to uh, always pray a prayer for you uh, here. And um, we're believing God with you. we got a whole... Uh, congregation here today, believing God with you for your needs to be met. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for everyone, not only here, but watching out there. If you have a physical need right now, put your hand where you're suffering. Put your hand where there's a need. And uh, Jesus, I believe, is touching you there. In Jesus' name, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk. Uh, those that have tumors or cancers or growths or problems with, uh, somewhere in their body in that area, we curse those things in the name of Jesus. Command it all to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for uh, uh, those that have an attack from the enemy. I thank you, Lord, for uh, uh, the fact that that Whatever that is, is rebuked in Jesus' name. The darkness has to go. Any thoughts of, you know, um, gloom and doom and fear 
and self-doubt and all those things, uh, suicidal thoughts, anything like that, death wishes, in the name of Jesus we curse. He is still the only one that can save. Those that are watching by internet that have a, uh, or here in the sanctuary, that have a, a material or financial need. Father, I thank you for showing yourself strong this week. You can do great things behind the scenes. And we believe that you're working on our behalf even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't hardly believe it. I believe that you are working on our behalf behind the scenes. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.